This podcast is brought to you by 199.com. That's 19NINE.com. Go to 199 for your latest apparel, including vintage t shirts, retro college basketball shorts, and more. These guys have some of the greatest apparel on the market. Don't miss out today. Go to 199.com and get geared up for the summer. Now, here's today's podcast. In this episode, we talk with Zach Ware, head basketball coach at Keller High School in Keller, Texas, and creator of Angle of Approach Basketball. Coach and I talk about using an assistant or two as coordinators for one or both sides of the ball. From philosophy to implementation, we dig deep into its advantages and disadvantages. Let's get going. Coach, I appreciate you being on. Uh, excited about our conversation about offensive and defensive coordinator roles within the assistant coaching staff. Uh, but first, uh, tell us if you don't mind where you're at, where you've been, a little bit of coaching background for us. Yes, sir. I, I really feel blessed to be able to be here with you. I really appreciate you reaching out. I love what you guys are doing to, to grow our game and all the stuff that you guys are doing over there, feel for the game. I mean, it's it's big time, and I think it's going to catch on like wildfire. So I, I really appreciate you having me. Um, well, right now, where I'm at is I just recently got hired as uh, the head basketball coach of, at Keller High School. It's a 6A school, which 6A in Texas is the biggest. Uh, we're right there in the DFW Metroplex, which I think is one of the meccas of high school basketball. I mean, the talent that's coming out of here is, uh, is crazy amazing. You know, we had Tyrese Maxey. Um, uh, Jemias Ramsey, you know, we've got some Oklahoma, ton of kids, Oklahoma State, Big 12. I mean, the, the talent that's coming out of here is crazy. I spent my last five years at South Grand Prairie High School, which was just rated by Max Preps as the number eight school in the last decade as far as, you know, in the, in the mix with, I know a lot of national people know Duncanville. Yeah. So we've been in district with them. Um, actually, you know, had lots of battles with them. And so, been around some really, really high-level basketball. Been in the, you know, grew up in the Metroplex. I actually grew up in Duncanville, and so just they call it the city of champions. So I grew up, you know, around high-level basketball, high-level sports, high-level people. Uh, played, played, um, you know, some Division One, Division Two basketball, and I also have a basketball business, um, angle of approach basketball, where, you know, just trying to grow the game, um, using basketball as a platform to help coaches and players. Um, our vision is to to spread worldwide and, and just share our, our vision, the angle of approach movement, and just share as much as we can about the game and help everybody, you know, to, to achieve their dreams. So I appreciate you having me on. It's a little bit about me. Um, you know, I could go on for days, but I'll, I'll save us all the, the holidays. <laughs> well, we had a great conversation last week, and I had a chance to check out your website, and you guys are doing awesome stuff there too. And and just the idea of being able to grow the game and being willing to share the game uh, is something that I kind you know, resonated with me, obviously, because that's what we want to do with Feel for the Game as well. So, so kudos to you guys and, and what you've got going on with Angle of Approach. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I, wanted, I just want you to know this. So I played Division II. We talked about this. Division II basketball at Oakland City University in Indiana. And I always equate it to football in Texas. Yep. And so when we got off our call last week, um, and I was telling my partner and some other guys about, you know, making connections with guys in Indiana. I mean, I was just like a kid in a candy shop like that <laughs> morning, you know, because Indiana, 
you know, Indiana and basketball, they go hand in hand. And yeah. so yeah. to be able to connect and pick the brain of, you know, somebody like you that's done a really good job and, and does a lot of amazing stuff in the game. I mean, I'm just, Hey, I'm just happy to be here. So <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, let's, let's jump right in. One of the things that we talked about last week was the idea of, of offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator as, as maybe like a top assistance responsibility. And it seems like maybe it's picking up in popularity. It's something that I've done with my Snyder staff the last two years with what I would call my associate head coach. And um, it sounds like it's something that you've done on the other side of the ball as an assistant for the last couple of years. Um, you were, you were kind of the offensive guy. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. So I was in charge of the offensive implementation, basically designing, you know, the offense now being the first assistant and not the head coach. My role was a little bit different than it will be now as a head coach, because when I went in, um, and design something, it was always, it needed to look exactly how my head coach wanted to look with that. I, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, now moving over to the head coaching role, I'll still do the offensive stuff. And I will still for sure, 100% still go to my top assistant and all my assistants and say, Hey, what do y'all think about this? But now it's truly in my 100% vision, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. Um, and so I was never, I had never been a part of a system like that with the OCDC. And so when I got to South Grand Prairie, they were doing it. One of my best friends was the defensive coordinator. My head coach, Brandon Bennett, was the OC. He called the plays. And so I kind of just, I felt about, I I wasn't always in practice because at the time I was the JV coach. And so I didn't really know the intricacies of it. Um, And from what he was when, when he moved me up to the varsity assistant, he told me he got the system from, uh, uh, I think she's a legend, a legendary coach down here, um, Sam Morrow. Well, she used it back when she was at Mansfield um, High School, which is in the Metroplex, and they won four straight state titles. Wow. Um, and then she was actually the girls coach when I moved to, um, when I moved to South Grand Prairie, and she used it there. And so okay. it's been very successful in this, pod of coaches that I was able to learn from on a day-to-day basis. Um, Now, when I got, go ahead. So, so maybe it's not uh, a surprise that in kind of a a football Mecca area that it becomes compartmentalized a little bit in other sports as well. Man, maybe so. I don't know, but at the, you would think so. But that being said, the, my head, my head coach that was with me, um, at South Grand Prairie, the guy, you know, my former boss, mm-hmm. he actually was a, a old college football player. So a lot of the stuff that he did as far as his organization, his structure, his discipline, which I think were some of the, the best things that I will take with me, sure. um, was very football in its nature. Okay. He allowed me to, and I'm with him on that. And yeah. maybe, maybe I just didn't know it, but subconsciously growing up in Texas, I was like, okay, I love to lift but it's because I'm always around football sure. Um, or or just, you know, I did, I played a little bit in high school, but you know, I was always a basketball guy, but just being around Mm -hmm. um, that thing. And when you usually get started, when coaches usually get started down here, they usually have to coach junior high football. Um, And, and I did the same thing. And so I was kind of, I was really excited to see how it worked Mm -hmm. because you don't really see basketball coaches. I didn't play for anybody that really did that. Um, They said, this guy is in charge of 
defense, this guy's in charge of offense. But the system I'm talking about and that, you know, we were talking about is like you're literally in charge of the defense. You yeah. are you are the man. You are well, or offense or whatever it may be. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that process. You come in and and you're in charge of the offense. Now, does what does that look like? Are you do you have full autonomy to run whatever it is that you want? Is there some give and take with the head coach, or are you basically just supporting what it is that he wants to do? Well, the great thing about it is his his philosophy on offense very much matched up to mine. So one of the very first things he told me when we first had our first meetings was, I want you to treat Bryce Cook, who was our point guard at the time, who was an amazing basketball player. I'm talking about this kid was the hardest where he was a stud. Yeah. And you, he's like a stallion. That's how kind of like you gave him the ball and you kind of gave him a ball screen or you maybe didn't. And he probably could drop 30 or 40. I mean, he was amazing. <laughs> Nice. And so he said, I want you to treat him like Steph Curry. Well, me as a player, I have kind of a gunslinger's mentality anyways when I played. And so I'm kind of like, I want, to, I want a fast-paced game. I want to get out, have space for kids to do their thing, you know, show their skill set. I call it show your work. And so we started matching up right there. Now, some of my stuff, um, ideas that I have are were a little bit more innovative or I kind of shade a little bit more new school than maybe his, mm -hmm. but pretty much had full, full autonomy as far as it's your baby is what he told me. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't realize how much responsibility and trust that he actually gave me until I think I had mentioned this to you earlier. We were last seconds, maybe 10 seconds left in the game. And we go to get the clipboard and he sets down the chair and go ahead, coach, what you got? Yeah. You know, and so from That's then awesome. on, I'm, you know, me, I'm, I jump in and I'm, yeah. I'm all over it. And so now when I had a new set or kind of the installation process of how we put stuff in, he would say, uh, that's too much. Or, mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. But as far as like, I'm big on language. So mm -hmm. we, 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 I created a whole language of naming everything. Um, I take that from my math background of having to teach in processes. So that's how I, that's how I taught basketball or it is how I teach basketball. And so he was all on board with everything that we did. Now, every once in a while, he would say, that doesn't look, that doesn't totally fit the vision that I have for these guys. And we would talk it out. Yep. And if he said no, then we didn't do it. And yeah. so I think that's where, where me moving into that head coaching role now is I got the final say. Now, right. if I come up with something real crazy and my assistant's like, man, that's, that's no good. I'm going to trust them. Sure. Um, Especially if, if that's kind of within their, their area of expertise as well, mm -hmm. or at least, at least the role that you've assigned them in at, at that time. So, and, and that's very similar to what we've done is, you know, he, he and I, as he was the, the defensive coordinator, his name's Mike Kibalowski, and he's been with me for four or five years. And so we kind of moved into this for the last couple of years. Um, but we would just kind of collaborate on what, how do we want to guard screens? What do we want to, like what you say, how are we going to set up our language? What do we want to call this um, to a point where we both feel good about it? And then, all right, it's on you. You know what I mean? Anytime that we, Anytime that we're in practice or he, you know, he did all the scouts. 
So, you know, so a lot of times people kind of divide them up among their staff. Uh, I watched every, you know, I, I live scouted with him and he live scouted as well. He watched film, I watched film, then we kind of go in together on what we were going to do. So, um, yeah, that was his side of the ball. I, he'd be up talking about matchups and that type of thing. And it's cool when you're able to have somebody um, that, that you can give that responsibility to um, and, and be able to kind of, you can, I always feel like you can play ahead of the play. So if we're on the defensive side, he's, he's coaching or he's watching for things. And like, I'm looking, but you know, my head is thinking about what might be my next ATO or, you know, what do we need to do better on offense or what might not my next call be? Um, so it allows you to kind of be ahead of the play a little bit too, to be able to have somebody with, with uh, watching the other side of the ball. Man, 100%. And I think that that's possibly in game, maybe the best, uh, the most attractive part of it is because I, that, that's exactly how, how I felt was I, I tell, I told my new assistant that I got, I'll watch defense mm-hmm. and I'll coach them, but it's exactly like you said. So, you you go in. He does all the defensive scouts. Now I'll go in and I'll do personnel because I'm uh, you know it's kind of a, a passion of mine is reading, being able to you know get the the go to moves, the weaknesses, yep. the strength, all that stuff. But as far as like what they did, yeah, you know I'd watch it, but the 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 voice was always his on defense, mm-hmm. and the voice was always mine on offense. And what I think that does is mentally. It's it, for again. I go back to the math classroom. When we when when I teach math, if if you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm gonna find somebody that does, that you do understand, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna let them talk to you. Yeah, I'm not too egotistical or arrogant to mm-hmm. think that. And we may say the same thing. And so I think that really allowed our our the growth of our players faster than maybe possible, or yeah. faster than maybe people thought. Because if Coach Weir is over here and he's saying this about defense and Coach Bennett is saying this about defense, the language will never be 100% the same. No matter whether we come up with a, you know, the same vernacular or whatever it may be. And, but I, those are some of the best things. Is So offense, drills, um, even when we did shell, I would walk around um, and I do. I walk around and I, I just critique and coach their how, how their footwork is, how they're catching it, making sure that they're getting those reps. Now, coach is on the other side and he's, you know, he's coaching closeouts. He's coaching in gaps or helpline or whatever, you know, the scheme is we're doing, you know, get through on down screens, whatever it is. Now, me, I'm over there yelling, set a better screen, get a better yeah. angle. And so it really attacked, it, it really helped us attack um, and kind of put our coaching at a faster growth rate, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, and, yeah, and our so, player development. So um, is this something that you would, let's say you're interviewing for a staff, are you looking for somebody who compliments you? So if you're an offensive-minded guy, are you looking more for somebody on the defensive side or not necessarily you kind of want to take best available and then you want to kind of, you, you talk about the kind of the coaching track, you want to kind of set them on that path of learning and growth and development on the defensive side if you stay with offense. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. So when, it, when we were going through the interviews and stuff like that, I was definitely looking for somebody that has the same energy, has the same passion, mm-hmm. um, has the same work ethic. 
as far as the IQ and the basketball side of it, I did want somebody that was a little bit more defensive minded. Yeah. I, I want them to have some offense because I still want, hey, coach, check this ATO out. Like we're going to yeah. have a huge board um, to where we come in. And I want, I want that thing to be filled with just ideas. You know, we all do it on napkins and all that kind of stuff. And so yeah. definitely did that. Um, one of the things that one of the best things I learned from the system that I just came from was the movement up of the ladder and the growth of people of your staff. Mm -hmm. And so what I've done at Keller to, to implement what I've learned is I got some of our feeder schools, our middle school coaches in the gym right now with us. So awesome. as we're teaching, as I, as my, my sis, my assistant and myself are teaching the system, um, they're hearing it too, mm -hmm. because, you know, that's our job too, is to, to grow them as head coaches. You know, like I told the kids, you want somebody that, or I do personally, I believe, I want somebody beside me and really all of them on the whole staff. I want them to want to be head coaches. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, definitely looked at somebody that was going to compliment me. Mm -hmm. um, offense is where I'll stay. Mm -hmm. And I want somebody. So, for example, my my assistant that we hired, he's got a lot of experience. Um, I believe the program that he came from went to the state tournament three years at the last five, maybe two, okay. two, two or three out of the last five. And he's got a lot of experience. Um, and so kind of what I told him was we have this little break. I want you to go. And I, I, I put my philosophy. It's on paper. Mm -hmm. um, it's on a document. And I want you to go and you make your notes how you how you want defense to look and how you view it, and we'll come back and we'll collaborate and we'll make sort of, some sort of a hybrid, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. um, but even our even the freshmen, and you know we talk about the OCDC, also plays into that is we'll have a JV coach and we'll have a ninth A and a ninth B. I don't want those guys keeping stats, mm -hmm. so as an assistant last year, what I did was I used our freshman A team coach. I said, Hey, I really want you to help me watch the types of shots we're getting. So I had him helping me out on offense mm -hmm. by the JV coach. He was helping out our head coach on defense, our freshman B team coach. He, he did a great, he loved watching film. He was a really hard worker. So he knew a lot of the calls, you know, to what they were going to do. Hey, this guy's in, this is what they've been doing. And so they're all kind of growing into roles Yeah. so that when, like, for instance, myself, when I left our JV coach, he just slid right into that yeah. defensive role. Yeah. Um, and my head coach, he did, um, my previous head coach, he did that for me. And I really didn't even know it. You know, he would always ask me my offensive ideas and he would ask me to come up and implement, you know, skilled offensive drills or mm -hmm. um, offenses or, or whatever. But it was always on the offensive side of the ball. And he was like, I, I was, I was trying to get you to where you were getting, and you know, I took that and run with it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a obsessive basketball information guy. Right. And so I think it's not just the, the head coach and the first assistant. I think it's all of them. Yeah. I love the idea of when you, when you focus on something and you can reach a level of depth with it then your understanding is going to really take off in that growth. So even if it's a younger coach or, or, you know, a lower level coach with JV or freshman, um, their acceleration rate on that side of the ball can improve and you can switch 
that for the next year if you wanted to and, and you know allow them to kind of grow with with the other side um but that's a great way uh and i hadn't ever thought about it in that way but that's a great way to to help coaches get better i love that yeah i think just anything that i can do or or we can do as head coaches to help them um like i mentioned that we have the the junior high coaches coming up and i and they don't i'm not sure if they want to be um head coaches, head basketball coaches, because, yeah. you know, a lot of times in, down here in Texas, we've got a lot of football football yeah. head coaches, but I can still help them learn how to coach. Yep. Um, the reason that I say that is I, I get them up there, coach, like, don't, don't, like, go coach, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and today that's one of the things that um, I noticed was they're, they're really engaged with the kids. They're, they're showing, you know, they're showing yeah. the footwork, they're showing different stuff. And so, to me, what we're doing is we're practicing their player development skills. Yeah, um, that's good. Because, you know, one of the things that I believe is seventh and eighth grade, you got you need really good teachers. They need to have fun. They need to learn the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just trying to grow that program as much as, as much as possible, but at the same time grow, grow the, coaches the coaches into, well. you know, and kind of foster, because you know how it is. Yeah. You probably do. I always gravitate to offense. I just do. Mm-hmm. That's just yep. kind of what I've always, I have that shooter's mentality kind of right. thing. <laughs> and so as I'm watching, um, and I was really lucky to get to do it as an assistant, because, you know, as a head coach, you got so much stuff going on. Yeah. As, a, as an assistant, you get to kind of look and watch. You do all basketball. Right. Um, and you can watch them see where people gravitate. Um, and then you just kind of, so our freshman B team coach from um, South, the previous, I, I got to where when I, when he first got hired his first year, he didn't really, he didn't really kind of know what he was doing. He was a little, you know, fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, as he, I saw how much of a hard worker he, he really started gravitate. Hey, I clipped his game for you. The defense, mm-hmm. this is what they're doing pretty soon. I turned over all the tagging and huddle over to him. I said, man, you got it. Yep. Just let me know when you're done so I can watch it. Yep. Um, and so he really grew and blossomed in that way. Um, and he's a high energy guy and he's going to be a really good defensive coach one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that he won't on offense, but he sure. just has a defensive mentality of he's super energetic, super, yeah. um, you know, get after it type guy. And, and so I think that that's an aspect of this system that maybe, you know, doesn't, it's not just the call and the plays on the Tuesday and Friday night. Right. Yeah. I think that the offense just tends to be so much more intricate. So it tends to take on the role of the head coach, which that's awesome that you took it on as, as the top assistant. Um, so what does that look like in practice? Are you set up with certain segments that become specific offense segments or are things more live and you're focusing on you know, each team when they're on offense, take us through like how practice looks in your OCDC system. So we use the Google drive um, just to start from how it gets set up. So we use the Google drive. Now, if I was in the office, we would just do it together, you know, face to face. But if I was in um, class, we would just both get on the Google drive and we would type back and forth um, and we would have segments and we kept, I mean, super detailed. Both of us were really organized and really detailed. So it, again, our philosophies matched up extremely well. Um, 
and so he would say these are these are what we need to do or if he felt and this is where his role as a head coach came into it if he said hey i think we really need to work on attacking in transition mm-hmm. you got 10 minutes so he wouldn't say he wouldn't say hey this is the drill we're doing this is what you're going to do this is how we're going to coach it he gave me the responsibility he just told me what his end game was mm-hmm. and so that's how that worked um, I never did that just because I didn't really, again, I'm super offensive minded and yeah. he, you know, he had been a head coach and won 80% of his games for 10 years and stuff. And every once in a while I would say, Hey, what do you think about this drill? We can work both. Um, yeah. and that would kind of be my suggestion, um, to it, but on defense, like you said, it's not as intricate as offense. So it's not as cool. There's not as many things. Yeah. Um, and so we would have those practices. We would take that plan and we would go up. Um, to the court and the way that it worked on the court was all offensive drills I ran them all defensive drills he ran them Mm -hmm. and so basically if we were in the drill so let's say we're doing shell drill and we're working on guarding a dribble handoff because there's lots of weaves and stuff going on nowadays so me personally what I'm doing is I'm telling them I know we're not trying to score right now I know we're just doing this, but I want you to work on your footwork. I want mm-hmm. you to work on getting downhill because me challenging them to do that is challenging the defense to stay in front of them. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this when I was a young coach, was we're going to do shell trail and I allow the offense to stand with the ball over their head mm-hmm. or stand not in an athletic attack position. And so like our spacing and my rule has always been uh, four feet off the four to five feet off the three point line. If you don't have the ball one to two feet, if you do like don't hug, we, when we do shooting drills, we never practice high school threes. We just don't. That's college coaches. I don't feel like want to see it. And the spacing is just all messed up. And then if we flip it and we do a defensive drill, I mean, I'm sorry, an offensive drill to where maybe we're working on, pick and roll and what I call the lift behind, you know, you got three people, he comes off, tagger goes, mm-hmm. he go the, the taggers offensive player comes and we throw the ball back. He'll be over there just letting them have it on defense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so what we'll do is I'll say, Hey, I want to work on the ball screen, the side ball screen. What, what kind of coverage do you want? Because that's going to dictate how I'm telling them. And yeah. a lot of times that stuff would be scouting. Now, sometimes, we would get in each other's way. And so if there's a defensive drill and they're just being terrible offensively, maybe they have bad feet or they're just being lackadaisical, I'll take up some of this time. And, you know, we'll look at each other and be like, man, I'm sorry, my bad. Yeah. And, you know, he did the same thing defensively because we got so good offensively that it was like he just made it – well, we were kind of like, was it good offense or was it just terrible defense? Um, right. You know how kids are sometimes. Kids and players, they don't – you know, those Wednesdays where it's been a long week, road game on right. Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it, it worked great because, yeah. again, we our, our, our personalities, our philosophies, we always – I never did, went on the court not knowing what was expected. Right. Or not having confidence um, from coach that he was going to look over my shoulder and be like, hey, don't do it that way. He, he literally gave me – so, um, and he did the same thing with our, we got a new JV coach last year. And so we did skills every day and he would just walk around and watch. 
He was very football head coaches in that way and did an amazing job of that. I'm hoping that I can take some of that with me and trust people because I feel like it empowers your assistant. No question. Um, and so like when we did skills, skills was a huge part of us. You know, we would do like 20 minutes of um, small sided games with, I would take guard. My, um, our JV coach would take um, the big, the bigs. They weren't, I mean, they did perimeter stuff as well. They were just bigger, bigger people. Mm-hmm. And he would just walk around and he never said, he would just say, Hey, you got 12 minutes. You got 12 minutes. Yeah. He never, you know, and he just trusted us, but he knew how hard we worked. Right. He knew how much time we put in. Um, he knew all the extra that we did. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it ended up being really, really great. I think the one part that was a struggle where I think people could struggle is kind of overlapping each other. So mm-hmm. taking up the other's time. Like if I'm trying to work on a set and we're going live and you keep stopping them and right. critiquing defense, but it's kind of that give and take. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. You know, when you practice your JV and varsity, you're excited the, J- the varsity is getting stops, but the JV coach is hammering the JV because yeah. they can't. There's always somebody mad. <laughs> There's always somebody. So, yeah. but no, and, and the, the one thing, um, so I called him when I first got the job, and I think this goes, one of the best things that he's ever told me was you got to have thick skin. Um, yeah. Because we would look at each other on the sideline, and he'd be like, Coach, we got to score. Yeah. You know, I was the one standing up. Refs were telling me to sit down all the time. Like, I'm calling them. And, and, you know, sometimes I would tell them, like, dang, can we get the ball back? Can we get a stop? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, me, I just want the ball back. And, and they only they, they had, like, 20 points at halftime every time I said it. I'm just like, because there's no <laughs> shot clock. And so they're just stalling. And I'm like, he's like, oh. but, you know, the great thing about it is we kind of modeled what we wanted to see. We were able to communicate in the heat of things. We were able to, like, if, if he called a great defense, you know, we're, we're fisting, we're, hot, you know, bang, yeah. give and dab, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, all of us were like that, and it was contagious. So, so, so a couple things resonate with that, um, and I'll start with kind of what you just said, which I think is awesome. It's because invariably in practice, there's going to be something that comes up that maybe you and that coach haven't talked about yet with what you want to do. And obviously it's important to be on the same page. So I think the idea of modeling communication and, and it's okay not to, not to know everything, right? Like we can say, hey, coach, what did you want to do in this situation? Did you want to do this or this? And then you can even solicit you know, in, insight from the players. Um, and then it just helps create that buy-in and just the idea that we're all in this thing together. So I love that part. And then um, I love the idea of and, and maybe has a little bit to do with the overlapping, but just anything that anytime that it's live, there's somebody watching the offense and somebody watching the defense. And we try to go live quite a bit because the game is played live and they need to be held accountable for their offense and for their defense in a game. So, you know, so what we do a lot is we'll do, we start with skills and then, um, we'll just do maybe a four on three disadvantage, small sided game or five on four, you know, a disadvantage, small sided game, or maybe it's not even a disadvantage, but inevitably there's some rotation or there's some ball pressure. There's something that my defensive coordinator would watch. Uh, And then obviously for us, if it's a disadvantage situation and we're in our attack, we ought to be able to get a good shot every time. So there's something that I want to be able to watch too. 
So um, we don't, we do segment some things. We definitely do shell, probably not as much as my guy would want, but uh, we do do some of that. But a lot of it is just embedded in small sided games or, or, you know, small three minute segments and, and those type of things. Yeah, we're, we're, we were the same way. And there were some things that we'll do different at Keller. Um, for example, I've been working with the kids. I've been up there. Um, we've been up there. We've been up there for since June 22nd. So for two weeks, mm-hmm. I don't have a whistle. I told coaches we're not using whistles. Yeah. And so we're constantly working on the communication. Um, and there's a couple of practice things that we do that kind of helps us with being on the same page is our practice um, kind of principles or what we do. So we don't use a whistle. We did at South, but we won't, we won't at Keller. Um, but at South, it was, we never stopped. So even if a coach blew his whistle, and even if I say, you know, what I do to get the kids to stop, always finish your rep. Did you hear a whistle? No. Then keep going, finish your rep, mm-hmm. and then look at me. Um, you know, as far as like in the game, one of the best things that we did was we had all, we had the culture of the coaches. They only coach basketball. And so it was a beautiful thing. They would come up and the kids would, you know, do whatever the live event was, at 3v3, 4v4, whatever it was. And we wouldn't coach them and stop. We really tried not to. We wanted them to operate. I always tell kids, it's whoever can operate in the chaos the best because yeah. it's never a perfect world, you know, right. and with our drills, we always want chaos. Um, right now it's kind of killing me because all we can do is on air stuff. You know, right. I mean, I want balls flying everywhere. I want it to look messy. I want it to look like real life situations. Uh, but what we would do is, Hey, go talk to coach Johnson, you know, because what you're doing is you're growing that player. He's hearing another voice and you're growing that coach. Um, we did the same thing in the film room. Like I didn't ever in my five years at South, I re- except for when I was the JV coach. But when I when we moved to this OCDC, we I didn't get on the film, get on film, and talk defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll do the same thing um, at Keller. I won't get on there and talk defense. I'll say, tell my assistant, hey Sam. I want to. I want you to show them some film because this is where we're lacking on defense, our ball screen coverage, or you know how we're guarding the post, or how we're guarding the ball, or whatever it may be. You you got six minutes. Yeah. I need you to show them. Um, and so we were usually. I, I would say him and I. Like I said, we had a. It was a very perfect match kind of thing. Now we got after it in the office. You know, a few times. But we communicated so much via text, phone, yep. um, the Google Drive, face-to-face. We were never – I think the only time we were ever not on the same page with something is me, like, forgetting how he wanted them to do the defense because I'm so just lasered in on offense Sure. that I would say, Coach, let me double-check. How do you want him to do this? And it wasn't because I didn't know or didn't pay attention. It was because – that was a little bit different than I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure, but like you said, and I, I didn't even think about this, but that shows humility to the kids. Yeah. So they're like, okay, that, and it shows safe. Yeah. Hey, it's okay to ask questions. Um, yeah, it's okay not to know. I just want to get it right, you know, that type it, of thing. 
It, it, exactly. So I think having extra coaches, and like I would always pull them, pull the, the as soon as I saw freshman coaches come in, and I, I do it with the, the middle school coaches that I got coming up right now. I'm like, hey, I want you to coach them, like coach them up. If, and, you know, what you got something to say? Because you can't remember everything. You can't say everything. And yep. kids don't want to hear you say everything. They don't want to hear the same guy talking all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I think just that, I think it's not, again, not only just the offensive, defensive, X's and O's, it's also, it helps with the empowerment and the growth of your program. No your, question. You, you know, when I tell, uh, like, when, when we were interviewing uh, my assistant and I had multiple conversations with him um, before, I said, man, if, if you know a better way, prove me, just tell me. Like, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it, hash it out. And if, if we feel like your be- your way is the better way to to help these our program be successful, man, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and so just giving them that confidence um, and that, that was given to me, right. I think, I think is, is possibly the, the key, the key to that because yeah. you're telling them, Hey, I trust you. Right. Um, so what would be thinking back um, to maybe what were some things that you noticed or just anticipating some challenges or some disadvantages with this setup? Um, you know, what would you, what would you think about with those? The, 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 I think the disadvantage to it would simply be, do you have somebody that is 100% bought in to your way, to your vision? And when I say your, I mean the Keller Indian way or the Snyder way, not the Zach Weir way, right? And, and I think that there's going to be times, and that's why I go back to that first thing that he told me, when you're, when you're finding an assistant, this is what, you know, my previous boss told me, um, and he's been a great mentor to me, um, tell them they got to have thick skin. You, got, you can't get your feelings hurt, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so one of the, when, when the assistant comes to you and he says, hey, I really want to run this zone, and me, I love man-to-man. I'm, not, I'm yeah. just not a fan of – I like zone as a change of pace. I like zone, ATO, stuff like that. You know, you see a coach over there drawing something up because yeah. you've been playing man the whole time and then you throw something crazy out there, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But – the first time, and that, that's kind of the telltale sign, the first time you tell somebody no, how do they react? But it's the same way I think of it, just like you would think of a college coach looking at a prospective you know, prospect. What do they want to see? They want to see them handle adversity. Um, and so that's one, one challenge that, that I see, you know, or just the X's and O's, or um, as a head coach, empowering the your assistants am i really going to give them you know can you can you take a step back as a head coach and look from the assistant role are you giving them a chance to talk are right. you giving your all of all of your assistants because i think what happens is you do two things number one the kids get tired of the same person and it just becomes redundant they stop listening to to understand they start listening for you to be done um, and then what you do is subconsciously, I believe, I'm big in this whole mental thing, um, you know, the psychology of it all. I think what you do is you kind of pull the rug out from underneath your assistant. Yeah. Because the kids are looking at you like, 
why is why are they never coaching? Why are they never leading? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have multiple leaders. So I, I think that that could be a disadvantage if if you're not trusting into your your coaches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Think but, about how how that would have been if your coach drew up the play at the end of the game instead of giving you the board. You know, it's, it's all fine and dandy. It's, it's just like what we tell the kids. Everybody's a good teammate when we're up 30, but mm-hmm. you know, if it's at the end of the game and you know, it's, it's close, then how do we respond? How you respond with your coaches is the same thing. That, that's exactly right. And, and I think that, I don't think there's a lot of disadvantages to it. Um, I think some of the advantages are you get to watch one side of the ball, especially in the game. It's going so fast paced. And I know, I, I know that some people, you know, they say, oh, I can do it, yada, yada. It's just better. It, it is. I believe that the, your player development, your opportunities for growth for your, for your players and your coaches is, is immensely, you have more potential to grow. Um, because you're giving people, you know, they always say, give, give kids some, some in, not insight, but let them have a say. Um, it's the same thing with coaches. There are people as well. Um, you know, just advantages like that. Plus, if, if you have a staff of five and they're all bought in to your way, you know, to the, the program way, now you've got five minds, you know, and you've got five sets of eyes all brainstorming. The best ideas come. What's the, what's the number one, you know, idea machine you always learn when you're a little kid? Brainstorm, yep. you know. And so if the coach tries to do it all by himself, it's just not going to happen. Yep. Um, now, I will say the, the toughest part is the end game, I, I believe. Or because the way we did it was if when we were on offense, I mean, I was up. Like I was calling it, I'm drawing stuff up. We're running what we want to run, um, what I want to run. Um, and he would do the same thing on defense. And then before, when I was a JV coach, it was he's calling deep, you know, varsity assistants calling defense. And so they're literally in charge. Um, and so I, I think that that takes an immense amount of trust. Um, you know, just like um, when you have – when you have the end of the game situation and there's four seconds left and you're up three, are you going to give your defensive coach a clipboard right. and say, give him the, the responsibility of deciding, are you going to foul? Are right. you going to play it out? Are you going to play man? Are you going to play zone? Are you going to switch? What are you, what are you going to do? When do you start fouling? Um, and so I don't think that's a disadvantage. I think that's just one of the, the biggest hurdles that mm-hmm. you have to get over is building that trust. And I, but I just think it comes from communication, um, yep. always talking, always, you know, in touch with your, your, your assistants. Yeah. And, and yeah, just cause it's going to be so much more mental energy than just the two hour time period that you have for practice. It's, it's the getting to know, getting to develop the trust. What do you think about this late night text messages during the day? Mm-hmm. I've got an idea. And that's how you really kind of interweave the, the solidarity between the two coaches for sure. Yeah, 100%. And then you bring those other ones in and then it's just like, I mean, I remember we got some heated discussions. Yeah. But I think that's one of the great advantages of it is you give these people, like you said, you give them some responsibility and now they're more mentally engaged. And yeah. now you're just all, um, you know, 
bouncing ideas off of one another. Exactly. But yeah. it, you know, I think it, uh, I think it's a, a wonderful system. I think it, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Well, coach, I appreciate uh, your insight on, on this and, and uh, how it's worked for you guys. And it seems like it's worked to, to a great deal of success and excited to, to follow your success at, at Keller as well. So I appreciate the time. Yes, sir, man. I pre- I really, really appreciate you having me on any chance I can to, to get on and, and grow this beautiful game. I know that's what everybody's trying to do right now, but yep. I, I really admire, I love what you guys are doing over there. So keep that up. And I appreciate all the content that you guys are, are, are pushing out and blasting out. You guys are doing some really, really cool stuff. So I appreciate y'all. Yep. Thank you very much, coach. Thanks for tuning in to our conversation with Zach Ware. And until next time, impact somebody else.